1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com Daily bonuses are waiting No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply See website for details
0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine I'm Martin Lee and this is the Autosport Podcast So the breaking news overnight is that Aston Martin will join forces with Honda in Formula One from 2026. Aston Martin will become Honda's official works partner, with the Japanese manufacturer formally committing a long-term future to Formula One. Honda announced their exit from F1 in 2020 and officially withdrew from the championship after helping Max Verstappen clinch his maiden title win the following year. However, Honda did continue to provide power units to Red Bull and still does as part of a supply deal that now runs until the end of the 2025 season. But of course, if you cast your mind back to Honda leaving and Braun GP taking over, and of course the success that Honda have had over the years in Formula 1, it's been a case of in-outs in-outs, and I kind of want to say shake it all about now. I'm joined today on the podcast by our man Jonathan Noble who was on those press calls to talk directly to the senior management about this big deal as Aston Martin waved goodbye to Mercedes Power. But John... Honda have been here before they've been out. They've been into Formula One just less than three years after leaving. They say they're now coming back full-time. Is that not a little bit confusing?
1: Well, I think there's two two parallel reasons really here. I think first, to win championships. I think when they quit Formula One, off the back of the McLaren years, hadn't been very good. It looked better with Red Bull, um, but I don't quite think they're anticipating turning into a world championship winner quite quickly. They've now won back-to-back titles with Red Bull. They're likely to get a third this season and who knows how long that goes on for. Um, And they were quite clear today uh, when we spoke to uh, Honda and Aston Martin that this is a partnership based on winning a championship. It's not based on moving forward over five years. It's not based on potentially winning over a set period. This is for world titles. So you've got that. But then alongside that, you've got Honda's kind of ambitions in road cars and sustainability in the environment. When they quit Formula One, it was because they wanted a carbon neutral future. They didn't feel the direction that F1 was going in could, could suit that. But F1 shifted a lot. It's got more aggressive with this net zero 2030 ambitions, the move to fully sustainable fuel. The 26 regs have been sorted out. The the MGUH that Honda didn't especially like at the beginning has gone. More electric power. Um, so I think the engines kind of the F1 engines move towards what they need for road cars. And Honda are saying that you know direct technology now in Formula One can go straight into road cars. It's perfect for them; it all fits.
0: Now you have spoken to the uh, both organisations, and I mentioned in the intro. I uh, kind of half joked about in, out, in, out, and shake it all about. But Honda have had very successful periods in Formula One. They've even had a connection with Team Silverstone through uh, Mugen Honda, and actually Aston Martin and Honda have both been on the side of the Red Bull as sponsors and logos in in recent years. But you've spoken to the teams. Honda will need to once again spool up and re-equip that formula one outfit which has more recently been wound down again did they talk about that and the investment
1: and time required yeah i think there is a is an element of catching up when they quit formula one i mean it was primarily to walk away completely there was no ambition to stay in formula one it was only because red bull came to the table and said look we need a a supply of engines can you at least just help us produce the power units we'll take the power units you can manufacture them in sakura in japan And that process began, and I think it kind of, when the success came, Honda obviously got a bit more interested in helping out, which then transferred into a a wider HRC, Honda Racing Corporation relationship, extended to 25, which in the Honda name come back on. But over that period, with the engine freeze, a lot of the engineers who were working on the Honda project have been dispatched to road car projects and electric projects. So it's been, has been wound down a lot, but we asked them today, you know, how far behind are you coming from? And they have actually think they haven't lost that much ground because with the engine freeze you can't develop the current engines so no one's aggressively developing these power units as of now so they think it won't, won't be too bad to get things wound up and i think that's why the announcements come now it seems very very early for 26 to be committing like this but i think if honda waited six more months 12 more months they would have been very very much on the back foot so i think this timetable He's kind of perfect for them. And what did
0: Aston Martin have to say for themselves? Big investment happening there. I was only at Silverstone a a week or two ago when there was some GB3 and some GT stuff on track that I was having a look at. And as you leave the circuit, you can't help but notice Aston are spending some serious money on their campus there. So they clearly have ambitions to be a world championship winning squad. We've seen McLaren try it, and it didn't work with the perhaps Clash of Cultures, if you want to put it down to that reason. But for whatever reason, a, a, a British organisation, a Japanese company, they didn't work well together. We've seen it work more successfully with, with Red Bull more recently. They didn't have those differences, and they had more success together. What did Aston Martin say about their ability to work with a, a company that has different cultures, is physically based a long way away uh, from where they're building this fabulous new
1: headquarters? I think what was quite significant today was the the first press conference we had was with Martin Whitmarsh, ex McLaren, uh, F1 team boss who who did that Honda deal in uh, for McLaren in 2015 but had gone by the time it actually started, but he was around the previous Honda era, well understands, you know, how the Japanese corporate culture works, well understands how to get the best out of Honda. So I think he's he sees and understands what Honda needs knows how the relationship between the kind of English operations and Japanese operations can work so feels there is the right opportunity feels that you know McLaren after he left didn't do the right things obviously we know how difficult it got at times there especially with Fernando Alonso there weren't weren't some easy times during that period but I think yeah Martin Whitmarsh very much on the front foot with these negotiations Uh, he's been there in the past he knows what it needs Uh, and I think it says everything about Aston Martin's ambition that they're going down this route. They felt that Mercedes, you know, would have been a safe option, continue the customer relationship, keep using the gearboxes, keep using the suspension. But it's not how you, you aren't going to beat the Mercedes works team uh, with with exactly the same components.
0: Well, of course, McLaren, I'll draw that parallel. McLaren had winning success with uh, Mercedes, the engines that Aston Martin are using right now. Although, of course, in an era when they were up against Honda, as a team, not after the acquisition, and a works Mercedes, as that, as that kind of became. So um, is there a risk here that Aston Martin, with Mercedes power, doing very well as a customer, beating the manufacturer? Let's not forget that for anyone uh, in the audience right now. They're, they're doing just fine. This seems to me like it's a big risk to take. Did they talk about the fact that, well, they're doing very well, thank you very much, at the minute?
1: They did, I think, and it's quite interesting. Martin Whitmarsh said was asked about this. W- what is the attraction? I mean, it's fairly obvious. One attraction is for a works manufacturer deal as opposed to a, a customer relationship. There's a there's a financial aspect there, but there's also there's an effort aspect as well. That Honda will be throwing everything they can uh, to make this relationship work, improve the engines, push on forward. Um, whereas the Mercedes is more more a customer relationship, and you give them the money and they get what they've promised. Um, but Martin was quite clear. He said that. Mercedes-Benz, as a company, as a racing team, has ambitions to win. Aston Martin, as a racing team, has ambitions to win. And there's an incompatibility with those two ambitions, uh, which is basically that if Aston Martin wants to win in Formula One, it's got to go and do its own thing. It can't be a customer team. It has to have manufacturer support. And this, I think, is primarily what's driven that deal with Honda. Honda.
0: Well, Aston Martin has close ties to Mercedes, which is a shareholder in the road car company. More recently, there was a big investment by the Chinese company Geely, the owners of Volvo and Polestar, the London black cabs that we might see flying around the capital. Um, And so uh, with Honda moving towards an electric future, with Mercedes doing the same, Aston Martin are a smaller name in automotive, but presumably just like all the other companies that have said, we'll never electrify the likes of Ferrari and Lamborghini. Well, they all are. Is this not a little bit strange, almost a conflict of interests in the road car
1: world? Uh, I'll, I'll go back to another Martin Whitmarsh quote, because he was in quite good form today, actually. So obviously, pretty. he always has a lot to say for himself. He's one of the one of the better people to speak to <laughs> in the paddock, but we've not, he's been very low profile ever since his return. So this is kind of his first, first time he's spoken to us. But he was asked, how does this fit in with the Aston Martin brand? You've Mercedes are shareholders. Mercedes engines are in Aston Martin road cars. There's the Geely link. So how does Honda being a works partner in Formula 1 fit into the brand? And he said, it doesn't fit, basically. It it is a complication and it's not the sort of thing you would do as a a grand plan to have Honda as part of a a luxury sports car brand like Aston Martin. But the Aston Martin Formula 1 team exists to win. Uh, That's the priority. That's all that matters. Above all else, the ambitions of that team is to win. uh, And that's why it's gone down the Honda route. The rest can all be kind of put aside to details and can get sorted out later on.
0: Well, I've saved the best till last. Now, Aston and Martin do want to win. And we've yet to see... Uh, Fernando Alonso or of course Lance Stroll win in 2023 in that car there's a, some races coming up where perhaps they've got an outside chance if everything falls their way Fernando Alonso with a Honda engine he won't still be around in Formula One will he I mean GP2 engine GP2 engine
1: there was a question thrown today to Watanabe san who's the the CEO of HRC just said I think someone didn't want to ask the obvious question, which was about Fernando, he said, Will you have any say on drivers? And there was a wry smile from him and a <laughs> wry smile from Martin Whitmarsh as well. So it was fairly obvious what they were saying. Watanabe said we it's not our not our place to choose drivers. So we then followed up with, you know, is Fernando a possibility? Honda were clear, you know, no objections at all. Um, what's, done in the, what's done is done in the past so I think Fernando himself is, is a different character nowadays I think he regrets what he said that day in Japan um, you know, I think it was just a sign of intense frustration very important race at a time when you know, what had been promised by Honda was far below what was actually delivered um, I think Fernando himself generally is a more mature driver now still performing as brilliantly as ever Um, Whether he is still around in 2026, he'll be 45 that year. So it would be fairly astonishing if he's, well, he could be competing in Formula 1. If he's competing at the level he's competing now, I think it would be, well, it'd be great for Formula 1. But let's see if it gets that far. But I think for now, don't believe any people who say that, you know, Honda do not want anything to do with Fernando Alonso. Because if he's driving as quick as he's driving now, they'll take him in an instant.
0: All right, well, I'm calling it now. If Fernando Alonso is still at the top of his game, not just this year or next year or the year after, but in 2026 and fighting at the front, that's it. I'm calling it the man's a robot. He is the bionic man. Well, that's really interesting stuff. Thank you, John. Thank you for uh, getting us the scoop on that news and telling us what it means as well for both Formula One, for Aston Martin, for Honda as a supplier as well, and how it all fits together. Of course, we're heading towards a weekend of racing and around the Principality in Monaco. Look out for our weekend preview podcast coming out later today. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll be talking more Le Mans stuff. And then before the weekend... Um, we get to do a bit of a tech deep dive into how teams are gaining a technical advantage both on and off track with the latest technology out there. So, just a little preview of what podcasts you can expect to come soon on the channel. Thanks for listening. And I'll catch you on the next one.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network